0: trans England with Save Our States, where we defend the Electoral College because we care about the integrity of our republic and our elections. I'm here today with Jarrett Stepman. He is the author of The War on History and a columnist at The Daily Signal. Jarrett, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Why don't we start off uh, with, with you? Just, you know, share why you're interested in in politics, in history? Why does this matter to you?
1: I, I think it's something that's that's always mattered to me. I think it's the the way I was raised. I, I grew up in a family where uh, teaching about American history and being an informed patriot, I think that's what Ronald Reagan called for, was something that was very important to my family. I think that was the education that I grew up with, and I think that that's always motivated me. I, I think having that basis of... An understanding of American history, uh, I think really gave me throughout life uh, this desire to preserve a system that I think has been the greatest in the world, certainly for the the purpose of human flourishing. And uh, I I think what's important, especially now, is I think large parts of that system, our political system, uh, are being undermined, are being fundamentally changed. Uh, I think it's important for those who do have a knowledge of our history and have a knowledge of what this country was built upon. Uh, really push back on a lot of those changes and make sure that this country continues to be the free republic that we were bequeathed by the founders and by the generations of Americans who came before us.
0: Garrett, you write a lot at the Daily Signal. You write for other outlets. You you have this book out, The War on History. What's your favorite topic to write about and and why?
1: Well, I mean, I, I guess you could say, I mean, favorite topic is maybe not necessarily a happy one. I I do write quite a bit about the attacks on on American history, the how uh, American historical figures, uh, ideas are being perpetually undermined in the public sphere. I'm not sure if it's a necessarily a happy topic. I mean, I'm certainly happy to uh, inform American people, especially about figures from our past that maybe aren't very well understood or known anymore. Uh, I think this country was built upon uh, the backs of a lot of uh, giants, many who, of whom obviously the men like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, very well known, but there are plenty of others too who aren't so known to the American public who played an en- enormous role in, in creating our country, or this free country. I mean, I, I think that's what really gives me joy is bringing some of that history, uh, especially when we have so many attacks that even the greatest figures now are coming under scrutiny, uh, to be able to enlighten the public about those figures and about our history and to explain uh, why this country ultimately became as great as it has, uh, I do enjoy that very much. I think that's an important part of my work, especially because I I do so much uh, studying in in the field of history and and American history, uh, world history. I think bringing those topics to a general audience uh, and discussing that uh, is definitely
0: one of my favorite parts about being a writer. There's a lot of talk about vaccines right now, and I I sometimes think about history as an inoculation that if if we really understand history, it's not that it determines exactly what we'll think, obviously, but it's sort of an inoculation against the worst ideas that come along. I don't know. Do you think do you think that's right? Is that am I overly optimistic there?
1: No, I think it really is. I think that's when you spend a lot of time. In history, and, and seeing that well, nothing is new under the sun, so to speak, and understanding, you know, kind of the broader context of the world in which we live in. I think it's one of the frailties of the modern age, you know. And to a certain extent, Americans have always been people very much looking uh, that are very much looking forward, and I think that's a that's a good part about uh, who we are. But I think there's this kind of tendency in modern life to forget what happened even 5, 10 years ago, let alone two hundred years ago, and and especially reading about, you know, people from those times and how they dealt with a lot of issues. They sound like people just like us. Uh, They're dealing with very different contexts of the times at which they live in, but dealing with the struggles of their own day and dealing with, you know, their worries, their concerns, their beliefs about, you know, human nature, I think is incredibly enormously valuable. Seeing things from a different point of view than, just the modern day, the 24-hour news cycle, I think that's that's remarkably valuable uh, to anybody, not just for those who are uh, you know, experts or those who are very narrowly focused on studying uh, parts of history, but I think just being citizens of a republic. I mean, I think we should know what our origins are. We should know a little bit about how this world has worked. I think that informs us as far as the decisions that we make for ourselves going forward.
0: So what what will people find if they uh, if they haven't read the War on History yet they should uh, what what do they find in the book what, give us a give us a thumbnail sketch a teaser
1: so I lay out the the kind of origin of a lot of these I think attacks that are now happening on America's past on our history I mean it really is and I think I really laid this out in the book it really is an attack on every element of what. Made America America. I mean, starting with, and I start the book out speaking about uh, Christopher Columbus and, and his discovery. And of course, Christopher Columbus is one of the figures who is very much under attack, but really making my way through American history, those kind of cornerstone events, and the arrival of uh, the Pilgrims and Puritans in America, the, uh, the founding of the Republic, this, the Civil War generation up to World War II kind of describing what the American, you know, country has really become through its history and how all those things are under attack. All the things that make us us uh, are under siege right now. And, and I think what's very sad is there are very few defenders. I mean, really, I think when you look at, uh, you know, the Ivy Leagues, you look at a lot of our elite institutions, they are completely unwilling and apparently at this point unable uh, to defend what America was built on, the things that it made us so prosperous, uh, made us so privileged. Uh, you know, that is, that is one of the great, you know, we are a privileged people because of those that came before us and built on a lot of these institutions. And I try to highlight that in this book, that America was never a country that was perfect or was, uh, uh, was always without fault, certainly not. Uh, but we do have a great legacy that we've built on from the very origin of this country. It's something good and worth preserving. And I lay out the history of that country and I lay out uh, the attacks, where they're coming from, uh, why they're so pernicious, why they're gonna lead us to becoming something that uh, is very, very different. I think, and unfortunately, a whole lot worse.
0: So I, I know you've written on the Electoral College in, in the past, obviously that's what we do here at Save Our States is defend this particular part of our constitution. And there's all of this talk about election policy right now which you know, I, I think is, is fascinating in how unmoored it is from, from history and the fact that you know, we, some of the, the legitimate progress we've made as a nation is getting people to where they can vote in, in person, in private, have a secure system. What are, you, what are your thoughts on some of these battles over the Electoral College and you know, all, all of this rhetoric we hear about elections and, and how it needs to change?
1: Yeah, it really is incredible. I think some of the attacks we've heard about the Electoral College, and I think part of it is just the fact that many people don't even know what it is. I mean, I, you get that a lot. A lot of people don't understand why it's been put in place, why it's been so successful. I think there's this modern ethos that, uh, because you know, this thing just needs to be thrown out overnight because people didn't get their way in a recent election. I think that that is a an incredibly short-sighted ethos, especially when you look at the history of the United States, the stability of our elections. Uh, it's one of the miracles of the American Republic. I mean, that's that's something that is what American has been quite exceptional uh, in, in its history. And and the fact that the Electoral College has been so successful over time, there are no real specific attacks other than the idea that, oh, it's it's anti-democratic, it's this or that. But was George Washington not a great president? Was Abraham Lincoln not a great president? Uh, You know, if you're telling me that the system is fundamentally flawed and yet many of our presidents of the past in our early history were electing a system that in some ways was less democratic than today, were among the greats in human history. Uh, There's no accounting for that. I think in these attacks on the electoral college, there's no explanation of why the system has been so successful and has worked for so long. And so again, that goes back to this, misunderstanding of history, this inability to go back and say, well, you know, there's a reason these things exist, and they've actually functioned quite well. These arguments about why it changed overnight seem to be, I think, short, for the purpose of short-sighted political gains, I think they're missing the longer trend of American history and world history, the success that system has brought us as a country, as a free people
0: you know, of course, a lot of, a lot of this gets wrapped up in the language of, of race and accusations of racism. You know, those things are leveled against the Electoral College against, you know, in, 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 from, from some people there, you know, the allegation of racism basically just means something that they don't like. Um, what do you say to that as someone who's studied and written about American history? I mean, obviously we have, a, you know, we, we've, we've, some of our greatest failings as a nation have had to do with, uh, with racial slavery and, and racism and Jim Crow uh, so so how do you respond to that kind of rhetoric
1: well it really is incredible when you're talking about an institution like the electoral college I mean it's become such a common attack and I think that's one of the I think that's one of the worst attacks on the electoral college to say well this institution was simply created because of slavery I think it's a way to malign it and make it automatically discredited in the minds of the American people. You don't actually have to attack the system itself. Just simply call it racist and dismiss it. And I think that really goes to, I think, the frailty of a lot of the arguments against the Electoral College. They can't simply stand on their own. They can't simply say, I disagree with the Electoral College uh, because I disagree with how it works or how it's structured. Instead, they go to, well, no, actually, it's just racist. Just get rid of it. And I think that That really goes to, I think, some of the simplicity of some of the arguments that we have in the modern era. The movement to simply label anything that we disagree with uh, as racism, even if it's something that really, on its face, doesn't seem to have any connection to it whatsoever. Uh, I I think that's a really pernicious way that modern Americans often argue about these issues. You know, we should be able to use, you know, reason and debate. That's, That's what this country, in large part, was founded on simply maligning an institution and trying to drag it into discussions about race or whatnot, uh, I think does a really a short shrift to the arguments about why it exists. And I think bad, and there've been a few historians who have tried to link uh, the Electoral College to slavery. I think that some of that has been in bad faith. Um, and frankly, they're just, the historical record, I think doesn't show, especially when you're talking about the institution of slavery a connection between the Electoral College and preserving slavery. I think that those two issues, I mean, when you look at the debates at the Constitutional Convention, the Electoral College was almost never mentioned in terms of of slavery. There were a lot of other issues that went as a part of it, and I think those are certainly worth discussing. Uh, But to simply call it racist and dismiss it Uh, I think it's a lazy, lazy way of arguing about this, this issue. And I think, unfortunately, look, it's, it's become very, it also undermines what things that are genuinely racist. uh, And it makes it so that, you know, these, these arguments become completely ridiculous.
0: So where do we go from here? I, I was, I was somewhat optimistic 10 or 15 years ago, you know, HBO had made the the John Adams uh, miniseries, which was outstanding, in my opinion, uh, you know, the, the biographies of the founders were at the top of the New York bestseller list, uh, you know, very, very frequently. Um, you know, news broke that Hamilton was going to become a musical, which at first was very confusing, but turned out, uh, you know, again, in my, in my opinion, to be to be pretty, you know, pretty amazing, you uh, and I thought it just seemed like there was this pent-up interest that the American people had in our history that that maybe was linked to a recognition that it really hasn't been been provided to us and yet now you know it seems like that the folks who have been sort of holding it back have doubled down and they're they're trying to just tear it down. Where where do we go from here?
1: Uh, It it is amazing how fast it's escalated in a very short amount of time. I mean it's not just critiquing specific parts of American history, it's critiquing every part, I mean, really at its root. And that certainly was what I was trying to get at in my book, In the War on History, that this is not simply about any specific figure. It's not just about Columbus. It's not just about Confederate statues. When you know, we see attacks now on Abraham Lincoln, there's a high school in San Francisco, uh, California, in which they're, they're talking about removing the name of Abraham Lincoln as well. I mean, I think a lot of those who are attacking American history See the whole thing is inherently wicked and bad, it was rotten at the core, it's rotten at the seed. I think they wish to create some kind of cultural revolution in America in which we throw off the ugly past and rebuild at year 0. Uh, I don't think that's going to work very well. I think that the, and I think that already I think there is a backlash building against these things. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think a lot of our especially elite institutions in America have bought into this line. I don't think that the American people as a whole have yet. I think many of them see this and they're they're blindsided. They're shocked. I think they they're often bewildered. I think they see these discussions about American history go to canceling George Washington, and I think that they're amazed that it's gone this far. Uh, I you know I wish more had paid attention to the attacks that have been I think happening for really a generation, especially those that now happen in America's college universities, and our K to 12 education. Uh, you know, the, the seeds of this have been laid a long time ago. I think they're bearing fruit now. Um, I, to me, the, the hopefulness that I have in the future is that there will be a backlash to these things. Do we wanna live in a country in which all, the, all, the, all aspects of our past, both the good and the bad, are abandoned and it's replaced by something that I think is gonna be very ugly. It's gonna be very tyrannical. It's gonna be very much uh, opposed. So the traditions of, of, of liberty and a free society that far too many take for granted in this country, and I think that you know preserving our history now and taking a stand and fighting for it and saying, you know what, I'm not going to let you cancel these greats of our past. i we're fine discussing you know the the failings of the past. We're fine discussing how the past has has sometimes uh, not been what we like. Uh, but we should do that rather than simply canceling it, simply erasing it, which is I think what many want to do uh, because they want people to forget. They want people not to know anything other than the line they're being given. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's not about pursuing the truth. It's about, I'm gonna tell you my truth and I'm gonna give you a narrative. Uh, don't you dare seek out what that truth really is. And I, I think that's what's been very scary about this moment I think in American history about cancel culture, about the attacks on statues and history and fellow Americans. But uh, my hope comes from the good sense of the American people who I think don't buy into all these things. And I think there will be a pushback. I think there'll be a very serious one. It just takes takes courage. It takes somebody to say, you know, I'm not going to buy into this. I'm going to draw a line in the sand. You're you're not going to take away George Washington, and you're not going to convince me otherwise. And I think if more Americans, you know, have the ability to feel courage and they ha- they know that they have support from their fellow Americans, I think this movement will dry up very quickly. It's just a matter of having that courage, having that bravery and having institutions that can fight against a lot of our others that have been so corrupted.
0: Well, and, and uh, talking with Jared Steppen, your, your book, The War on History, I think provides people with the intellectual ammunition to engage in that fight and to win it. Uh, last question. Who is your favorite American founder and why? Well,
1: it's always going to be, for me, George Washington. I mean, there is, he is the man of the revolution. His example that he set uh, as far as not only taking responsibility, being the adult in the room, leading a lot of very young men who were part of that revolution, uh, taking that burden of responsibility on his shoulders, believing in the cause itself, and of course, very famously, stepping away from power uh, is such a, a unique, uh, such a unique thing in human history. You know, George Washington, and I always argue, is greater than many of the greats who were sometimes better generals, sometimes more brilliant thinkers. Uh, George Washington was really the man, the indispensable man of the American Revolution, who set up, who set the, the tone really for what this country would be. That this is a nation of laws and not men. It's a nation built on the the concept of freedom of liberty. Uh, George Washington took those responsibilities and then gave the power of this country back to the American people. And I think uh, that's, when you, especially when you too study history, I mean, most great men in history have been tyrants. George Washington was not a tyrant. He was a great man who believed in liberty and fought for that. Uh, and so as many, it, believe me, I, I have admiration for a great number of the founders of this country, and I will vociferously defend Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, whatnot. But George Washington, I think, has always been uh, the man of the revolution. He really is the father of our country in the truest sense. and uh, he he's he's a special part of what made what made America America. what made us, I think, the envy of many and a, a country you know that started as a very, Small one uh, at the edge of the world, it it grew to this this incredible great power. You know, we have George Washington, men like him to thank.
0: Jarrett Stepman, columnist for the Daily Signal, author of The War on History. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: I'm Trent England
0: with uh, Save Our States. Thanks for watching.